is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. For the most complete selection of Steelers merchandise from official sideline gear and authentic memorabilia to our extensive selection of jerseys and terrible towels, visit one of the official Steelers Pro Shop stores located at Heinz Field Grove City Premium Outlets or Tanger Outlets or visit us online at shop.steelers.com for all your Steelers merchandise needs directly from the team. I do mean directly. And directly from Phoenix, there is Max Starks. Good to see you, as always, my friend, for hour number two of In the Locker Room. And certainly one of the things that came out after the end of the game, we were just talking about it, I'm just going to ask you, uh, your opinion on it, but uh, Mike Hilton came out, and yeah, I guess there was a tweet, and he was doing a waving at the end, you know, um, and he sent out a, an emoji that some people said was a, a smug emoji. I don't know what really what that is, but it, he was waving. Yeah. Now, the only thing I will say, and I was a little surprised because I'm, I'm, I was a Mike Hilton fan. <laughs> I still am a Mike Hilton fan in the sense of, you know, he was a good guy, uh, but um, when he, he was doing the wave, and I thought, oh, that's nice. He's just waving, acknowledging the people at the end of the game. But then he did a, a little bow thing. It was just – it, it kind of surprised me because it, there was – it was definitely an attitude. And I understand, okay, to the victor go the spoils, that sort of thing, post-game. You won the game and everything. But, uh, you know, um, Tyler Boyd spoke of Mike addressing the team in the uh, run-up to the game and talking about some things that I, I just found a little surprising because Mike always seemed to be a, a level-headed guy, and certainly you would think that anybody that paid you at one point in time $3 million and gave you the opportunity to um, go out and test your ability on the free market and, and land a nice 24 mil, you know, contract with the Bengals seems to be, be, be very grateful. Yeah, no, I mean, <clears throat> you look at it, and th this is this is the problem when guys move from one team to the next, and especially in division, you got to prove your loyalty, right? You have to prove that you're bought into your new team and that you don't have those old feelings towards your old team. Mm. And you know, for Mike Hilton, you know, this is either a is proving ground, or you know, this is just him being him, right? Poking fun at why the Steelers did not re-sign him. You know, that that's another thing that you have to deal with, right? In in the free agency era. You know, you feel like you want to stay here, but the team doesn't like you enough to do it. But the guys across the street want you to come stay at their place. Right. So it's like, well, I'm now on their team. So when we get in the, you know, when we get in the street and play football, I'm on this side. You're on that side. And I'm sure, I'm sure he had contact with guys, and I'm sure they talked uh, leading up to this game because I know I did. I know I used to talk to my buddies that played on other teams. You know, the week before games. And I'm sure that was just – but that's the age we're living in where guys will just be this type of way and, you know, and make their little comments, say their different pieces about things because now their allegiance is to that new team. So, I mean, I see it and, you know, li li like you said, like you, like you said, hey, listen, 
there is everything that, that they say about you in a loss is true. <laughs> you go prove it differently, right? Exactly. So you you kind of take it with a grain of salt. Like, but don't forget, what you put out there comes around. It's called karma. And guess what? <laughs> After Thanksgiving, there will be a bout in Cincinnati. And we'll see if they feel the same way about it after that contest. And he will be reminded about that. That's the only thing about it. When you put it out there in the, in the social media sphere of the world, it never gets forgotten. It gets recycled. It gets reused. It gets pocketed for later use. It gets screenshot, whatever else you want to call it. And that is now cannon fodder moving in. Tyler Boyd, your words are on notice as well. Mike Hilton, ah, I see you, buddy. You get this first round. Let's see what happens in round two. That's that. That's all it is. It just it's the merry-go-round, and it's different ways that you can use fuel at the end of the day. And I don't I don't take stock in it. Listen, they won. They can talk about it. You know, people can disrespect the terrible towel all they want and do all the other things. But at the end of the day, we all know that karma comes around, <laughs> and karma is callous. <laughs> karma is a callous individual, buddy. <laughs> You know, it's funny because Mike also said that he didn't feel valued. And I, I guess this is maybe this is more of a modern era type thing, you know, with feelings out it there is. and so forth. It is. Um, how can you not feel valued when you had, you know, you, you made a lot of money with the Steelers. And your performance with the Steelers enabled you to make a lot more, even more money with the Bengals. I just think... I don't know why guys would be so upset about it. I'd be like, hey, I'm so thankful that I could play in this era where uh, I could I could make a lot of money and I can set not just myself up, but my family and maybe some of my uh, you know, family to come uh, down the road because I'm fortunate enough and blessed enough to be able to play in this era and this league with a team that put, took me off a, a free agency and you know, valued me then and just because they had to make a decision between Cam Sutton and and Mike and you know and uh, you know Steve Nelson, I, why would you? I don't know. I, I just find it odd. That's all. L- listen, listen. Petty is as petty does. Wolf. Yeah, true. I mean, you know, and and now we're in that free. We're in the free agency era, right? I mean, that's one of the things that post nineteen ninety three we've dealt with right and guys can move from different places and guys move for different reasons or for different circumstances and we are now now we've moved on from that now we're in the social media era where everything's a brand everything's a comment everything is viewable instantaneously so guys are going to let their feelings be known out in public which is i don't think the best process of doing that but you know whatever whatever your therapy is I mean, there, there's also a chair and a pillow, and different things, and of course, there's food that could help. Uh, but comfort urge those, food, urge those, yeah, comfort food. All right, what's your comfort food, man? What's your comfort lasagna? Food? Lasagna. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah, lasagna. I mean, there's nothing more comforting than having layers of cheese, meat, and sauce, and then repeating that again, and having that stack with pasta noodles in the middle. Just a good. A good sauce with it. I mean, yeah, a bolognese probably is probably the best one. Mm. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, definitely, I'm a, I'm a lasagna guy all the way, like Garfield. Oh my goodness, absolutely. <laughs> now, I, I, yeah, I, you know, I wasn't thinking of that as you know before you said it, because normally, I, I like a cheeseburger, but boy, yeah, when you, you know, a cheeseburger's good and a milkshake, maybe Cajun yeah. fries for you know when. 
But you know, lasagna, lasagna, boy, I, you know what? You and I, we're copacetic on that one, buddy. That, <laughs> yeah. That's a good call. <laughs> Speaking of the next call, let's go back to the phones. We got Juan in Charleston, Steelers Nation, uh, Steelers Nation, Charleston. That's how we'll put it. And Juan, welcome to the locker room, buddy. Hey, good morning, guys. How y'all doing? We're doing fine. Doing good, bud. Hey, Wolf, don't forget tomorrow's way in Wednesday. You're talking about all this food. I, I know. We're talking lasagna <laughs> on the eve of way in Wednesday. All right. Well, such such as it is. I was on the flak jacket. That's just run around the block. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, my goodness. Oh, so what do you got, Juan? Hello. Did we lose him? I think he dropped. Okay, call back, Juan. We'll get you back in. So let's go out to Ozzy out in Kansas. Ozzy, you there, buddy. You're in the locker room with Wolf and Starks and the Ninjas, by the way. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Ozzy. How good are morning, you? Ozzie. I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Fantabulous, doing okay. brother. Hey, I just wanted to thank you for reminding everybody that after three games, the season's not over. No. I know uh, <laughs> I can relate to it. Especially, Wolf, you'll remember it because you were back in the 80s when you guys went and made the playoffs and ended up losing in Houston, right? Yeah, 89. No, we we won in Houston. We lost in Denver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Haji had a heck of a game. Oh, yeah. I remember that. We we uh, a young man dropped a ball and uh, we would have had been had he caught that ball. I think we either would have tied it up or won um, on the last play of the game. I can't remember which it was right now. It just escapes my uh, old old brain here, you know. But um, yeah. it it was hey that whole season was about turning around when we started off zero and two after getting slaughtered in the first two games. Um, it really was about Chuck Knoll um, establishing, you know, himself again as the great coach that he was and turning things around. And by sheer force of personality, that season was salvaged and didn't go over the edge of the cliff because of uh, Coach Knoll, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Max, last time I got it, or last time and first time I got to talk to you, I didn't uh, tell you I enjoyed watching you play back in the day, you guys reminiscing and and, uh, Ben's verbal jab to the NFL. Thing about talking about the offensive line that you guys won the Super Bowl. So. <laughs> yeah, you know, I love I love Max telling us about that the whole thing about how that offensive line went from twelve to eight, you know, to what six or four, whatever it is. Four. I can't two, do I can't four. do the the math. Okay, it's but, all it's all good. It's a pyramid. It's a pyramid. He's got to work. All I can tell you, Ozzy, this I will tell you. Only one time in my 12 years did we ever go on on a four count and four guys jumped off sides. One lone guy didn't jump off sides. But, yeah, I'm sure you guessed it. It wasn't me. <laughs> I was yeah. not the lone guy. <laughs> so, Wolf, let us know that he can count to four. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I thought he could at least count to five because Sunch used to always say he had a five head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. Oh, do I miss that? Chalooch sitting here just telling me about my five head. Oh, my yeah, gosh. In there. Couldn't let that one go, man. <laughs> hey, that's well done. Well played, sir. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Hey, um, also, Labs kind of took what I uh, was listening on hold. Uh, it's going to talk about Deontay Johnson. 
when we uh, drafted him, uh, was it Mitchell was the head, uh, wide receivers coach that passed away? Uh, when they drafted Deontay Johnson, they compared him to A.B. And said that that's the thing is he, he was, you know, he was almost uncoverable one-on-one. And uh, that's one thing you uh, talked about earlier, Wolf, was uh, about uh, Ben being a Hall of Famer and not normally seeing him hold on the ball. Well, the difference is now is he's holding on the ball in the pocket where he used to try to make a play holding on the ball but scramble with his legs. But, yeah, you know that they're not getting open. Uh, he wouldn't be holding it like that if somebody's not getting open. That's exactly you know, so. It's one thing or other if he throws an interception and everybody's on him for that too, for forcing the ball. And like you were saying about the contested catches as well, I do have a question um, also. Uh, Go ahead. TV camera angles, uh, you guys are there on the field or in the booth or whatever. Uh, some of the passes to Najee, I mean, there's three guys hammering him. And also that goes along with last year's uh, offense and this year so far. And the receivers on them short patterns, man, they're just getting the tee off on them. But the Najee one, you know, being the back out of the back of the house, three guys just right there. I mean, he's doing everything he can. And, you know, I know the other two guys are kind of a little bit later, but, man, I just they're keying on it that much. Are we that predictable on that? Or? Well, it depends on the defense that they're playing. You know, I mean, a lot of it yeah. is they're going to be playing the zone. When you have zone coverage, everything's in front of you. You're just keeping people in front of you. And so you yeah. see Najee cruising out there, you're going to eyeball him in particular, and you're going to start increasing your range to include making sure you have a proper angle on him. And as soon as that ball hits airborne towards Najee, you know you've got to eat up as much ground as you can before he catches the ball because after he catches the ball, that's where the problem begins. Yeah. Yeah, he, I was very happy with his effort, except for the very end of the game where the two drops at the end. I was disappointed in how that ended. But Hey, real quick, uh, me and my son got tickets to Chiefs Steelers the day after Christmas. So I'm just praying to God that Ben can be healthy because my son wanted to see him play one last time in person. We've seen him a couple times, so just wanted to let you guys know that. And I didn't know if you guys would be anywhere before the game available to the public or not or no, you know what? It, it's I just arrived and go about doing my business. Business. If I'll be down by the press gate going in beforehand. I love to always say hi. You know, never a problem yeah, yeah. to stop and say hi and talk to the Steeler yeah. fans, man. You know, I love it. I know Max is the same sort of guy, and uh, we yeah. always appreciate you guys. Steelers Nation is always appreciated. Uh, love him. And, yeah, of course, definitely. if you see me, if you're down close enough to the field, I, I'm usually roaming the sideline, so just yell at me. It's not hard I, to I, see I, him. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I, I, do, I do stick out in the crowd. <laughs> yes, yeah. he does. Actually, actually, our tickets are uh, 14 rows back on the Steelers' side in between the 45 and 35. So I'm, maybe I'll sneak okay. down there. I'll let you before the game. Get man. down to the wall and holler at him. All right. Yeah. I will. I'll be the short. I'll be the short fat guy because my two favorite things are sports and eating, just like you guys. So. <laughs> Do you have hair? Because that'll be the difference between you and me. <laughs> I got a little bit. I got a little bit. All right, I got none. So that there you go. All right, we got to right, go man. to break, Ozzy. Thank you so much for checking right. in, brother. Love you guys. Love you guys, man. Let me tell you, Steelers Nation, you guys just rock, and we are so appreciative of it. All right, Ozzy, we're gonna uh, we're gonna ch- punch out right now. We got uh, Juan in Charleston and Richard, and uh, you know, if I put my glasses on, I can see. Jacob's looking at me like, "What's that?" 
Kensburg, okay. Jay, Jacobs looks at me and goes, put your glasses on, would you please? <laughs> okay, let's go to break. It's Wolf Starks and the Ninjas in the locker room, ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back, everybody. You're in the locker room with Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas in the locker room. And, of course, uh, we want to head back to the phones because we got the Juan from Charleston. We're going to try this number two. All right, second time at it, Juan. Where, where'd you go, buddy? I don't know. I guess my call dropped. I don't know. I guess because we were talking about. I guess we were talking about food. <laughs> Either that or the ninjas got you, buddy. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, I was watching a replay of the game. So if Ben had hit with uh, Washington, I think that would have made a bigger difference in the game. What you guys got to say? You know, that's always a big thing. You know, Max, when you talk about it, those missed opportunities that you have to. Get going, pile on, and and nail, uh, you know, a, a big play like that. And again, Juan, I apologize for some reason you dropped. You must be in somewhere. <laughs> in Bel- I don't know yeah. if you're around Jason in New Hampshire, but the you yeah. know you can lose with those hills around there. But I, certainly, one of the things you got, Max, is you got to hit those opportunities when you get that single high safety sitting back there. As they say, one safety high, let it fly. You have that opportunity to stack that corner on a go route. You got to you got to connect. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing. Explosive plays are the difference makers in games. And if you can get an explosive play, what an explosive play is, it is <clears throat> a run of 20 yards more and a pass of 25 yards or more. When you get that, you're flipping the field for, for the defense, no matter what happens at the end of it. If you get that, you're effectively flipping the field. And then for your offense – you now have a better shot to go to the end zone. So you have to get those explosive plays. Those are the difference makers in games. And when you talk about a tight game, right, and at that point when Ben overthrew James in that game, you're talking about a one-score game. You you finally find that answer to be at pace, and maybe you change what Cincinnati was going to do. Maybe Cincinnati gets a little more aggressive, and maybe they they commit another turnover, like the one when Edmonds picked him off. Mm -hmm. That's what you create, but – when you don't make those plays and then your game plan changes because now you're you're in a, now a second, third, and long situation, you change up what you're going to do. You can't be as aggressive. You have to be, quote-unquote, safer with a lot of your decision-making, and you keep guys in front of you. There's not a threat of the top being blown off of the coverage. So 
it makes it really tough to win. So, yeah, that would have been a moment where it could have flipped it. It did not. But hopefully we'll see more of those opportunities as we progress, and especially uh, this week coming up against Green Bay. Well, one of the other things besides explosive plays are the things that take away the explosive plays, which, of course, would be flags. And that would, of yes, course, laundry, dirty, yeah. dirty laundry. <laughs> when you got the, we got the dirty laundry out on the field. By the way, have you ever been hit in the head with one of those the bean bags you used to have? No, they didn't throw it in the head. I got hit. I've gotten hit in the hip and the shoulder before. Okay, I, I took one in the gourd. Yeah, back you know then because oh. remember the guy that was uh, Zeus, the big tackle, Orlando, yeah, Orlando Brown. Orlando Brown. Yeah. Okay, yeah. he got one in the eye, and I remember he he what he uh, sued the NFL or the referee <laughs> he lost or his something. Eye. Did he lost lose his the eye? eye? Oh, yeah, he lost the eye. Oh, my process. goodness. That's, that's really taking one. Wow. <laughs> yeah. No wonder. Yeah. But, I, you know, I remember taking one off the helmet, and it was like, you know, you definitively know who it's on <laughs> at that point. Yeah. Because there's a big yeah. clung, you know, when the BB bag yeah. hits you right in the head. You know, without a doubt, that it's you. Yeah, yeah, no, it's one of those where you just – and then you're so pissed in the moment, too, when it hits you, right? <laughs> like, come on, really? <laughs> Of all the times, <laughs> you know, you have that knee-jerk reaction mm. of someone throwing a projectile at you. And yours was really a projectile because, I mean, let's face it, the same stuff you use in a shotgun, right, uh, Shell? <laughs> right. So mine, I don't know what it is, some rubberized, some soft but yet weighty. I don't even know what it's made out of. I don't care to know what, what a flag's made out of because I don't want to see them. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's the problem with it. But, yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing is that, there were penalties that also shot the Steelers in the foot. It really stopped the flow of the game and what they were trying to do offensively because of those flags, pre-snap and and during the play. Exactly so. All right, let's go back to the phones. We got Richard in Cannonsburg. Richard, you're in the locker room, my friend. Hey, good morning, guys. First of all, God's blessings on you all. And same well, to you. you. Same to you. Hey, you, you, you know what, guys? I'm going to say a word. I'm, I don't curse, but it's like a curse word in Pittsburgh that I see that we're going through where a lot of other people's in denial, and it's the big R word called rebuild. This team looks like it is in rebuild mode, and us spoiled rotten Steelers fans can't can't get with this because we're used to winning. Gone and gone, but see, we have to, I'm take. I'm already at rest and at peace that we are rebuilding and it's going to be a rough season because you got to look at all the new people we got, all the rookies and all that. You can't call it nothing else but a rebuild. So it kind of makes me mad when people call Mike Tomlin a failure, calling the coaches a failure. We got new people. And this team has to be rebuilt. You can't, like, if you got an old car, pieces are falling off, you can't put a piece here and there. Sometimes you got to rebuild the whole thing for it to be able to run effective. Guys, I'm getting prepared and praying about a Bible conference. I only had a few minutes, but I just wanted to put that out there. God bless you guys, and I will be in touch after this conference. Thank you so much, Richard. Appreciate uh, you. Appreciate it, Check Richard. it in there, my friend. And I would, the only thing I would say is uh, Steelers don't rebuild. They reload. You know, and that's one of the yeah. things that the one of the ways that you keep at it. I, I understand sometimes you got to reload with, with some bigger ammo, but it's about replacing the parts as you move along. And I think one of the greatest attributes of Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin has been to reload with skillful people able to jump into the roles with the Steelers and be able to contribute, you know, at a fairly high rate quickly for most of the guys, you know, and that's. That's that's something that says something about the front office that they're able to pick people out and get them installed and use them quickly. 
Yeah, I mean that that that's one of the things that's been that's been a hallmark of the Steelers over the years. Uh, <clears throat> when you do get free agents, it's usually the right free agent. Yes, um, they're not a big trade team. They're not they're not a big um, add in the middle of the season type of team. You know, unless injuries, of course, deplete um, a certain position group, and you need those numbers back up. But that's how they've always been. I mean, since since, since I've known the Steelers, and you're talking about early 2000s, um, you know, so for the last two decades, that's kind of how they've gone about their business, and it's always a replenishing. Sometimes, sometimes the pantry is a lot more full <laughs> to pull from. Sometimes <laughs> a little bit thinner, but it's never bare. That's the one thing it is. It's never bare, and that's what I feel is a hallmark of a true rebuild. Um, you know, we have some deficiencies some places, but – that's the whole point of why you go through the season and why you pick the guys that you do on practice squad, um, futures contracts, because you see something there that fits into the mold of what they're trying to create. And each team has their own style and mold. And, you know, the Steelers mold is one that's been tough to duplicate and tough to crack. Um, it gets close every once in a while, but, you know, we, we use some glue. We put it back together and then <laughs> it seals and you don't know it's there. <laughs> All right. Let's keep rolling with the phone calls. We got Bishop in Houston. Bishop, welcome to the locker room. Hello, Bishop. Hey, hey, Wolf, great to hear you again, my friend. Good to hear you, brother. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So, uh, Max, I never spoke to you, so uh, great to meet you, my friend. I loved you uh, when you were playing and uh, hope you uh, have the same great career you had when you are on the field, um, on the radio. Thank you. Um, so, really quick, um, there's two twofold. First part is this. You go. You guys both being uh, in the trenches, uh, the uh, the uh, big guys down low. What is the reason for, in your opinion? Because we're getting a lot of mistakes on the offensive line. I think we're trying to run the ball, but why are we holding? What is that a technique issue? Is that getting lazy? Is that you're getting? What what, what is the perp? Why why are we getting a lot of uh, penalties on the offensive line right now? Go for it, Max. I think the biggest thing, yeah, I think it's <clears throat> sorry about that. More of a technique type deal where you know guys just aren't moving their feet. You know, we we, we talked about this kind of earlier in the show that when you're at the guard position, you tend to lock on and kind of plant your feet in the ground, kind of gain roots to try and withstand like bull rushes and everything else. Um, and for tackles, when you're moving, you have to continually move as you're hitting the moving target, mm. <laughs> right? I mean. That's the biggest thing. You can't punch and stop because you shorten the corner on on the quarterback. And then once they shorten the corner on you, the only thing left you have to do is what we call the crossbar, right? That hand, that that inside, that outside hand is across the chest plate, and the referee is now standing <laughs> behind. He can see that clean and clear. So that's that's some of the technical things that you have to clean up. How your aiming points are at the point of contact: head behind, head in front. Are your hips still in, in congruency with the line of scrimmage and with the defender. Because once your hips get behind that guy and that guy is trying to disengage, you must remove that hand and use something else. Get the lower hand to the hip and kind of wash him past at that point because you can't have the hand in front restricting his movement. So those are little things. And you got young guys on the line that still don't understand those nuances. So 
it's, a, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you're consistently trying to prep guys for it, but every situation is different, and they don't have the knowledge to draw on it. Hey, oh, I need to pull this hand out. All right, move it to the hip and try and push that hip through or try and get the hand now to the back shoulder and try and create that twist function to get the guy to go. One of the great guys that used to do it, Kevin Mawai, if he knew he was getting beat, beat he would do this. he would do this route where he would actually lower the hand to the hip and circle around and come over the top of the guy and then come back to him. And he never got <laughs> called for a holding call for that. But that that's that's also a vet 15 years in yeah. doing those type of moves. Yeah. So, so there's so different so ways of getting to it technically. So we're, basi- we're basically going through growing pains with a young line. Yes. Yeah. So, that, yes. so so then my, my next thing is this, and this is kind of more, <laughs> I, you know, I see a lot of, uh, you know, Steeler Nation, you know, saying this, saying this, whether you want to rebuild or not rebuild or pointing at Tomlin or pointing at Big Ben or different. You know, at the end of the day, you know, uh, the team is the team. You know, we uh, we have a good team. There's a lot of little things that need to be cleaned up. But my bigger issue, and here's the second part to my question, and Wolf, this was kind of your thing. I would have asked you this years past, but now I'm going to go. I'm going to defer to you, Max, because you're that guy now. So, Wolf, yeah. you're in the you're in the you're in the box now. You're not seeing it. Mm-hmm. The problem that I heard was this, and this is the more disturbing thing to me. And, and I just really would like a really, uh, really brutally honest answer here. There is talk that the Steelers gave up. They quit. They were not by the fourth quarter. It was just like you could tell there there was no more fight in them. That's something that you you personally felt, you sensed, because that would be the more disturbing thing than than uh, cleaning things up. Then because we're they're they're going to get it together. But if you're quitting, that's a different story. Yeah, that would be now, Max. I, I yeah. think. Uh, let me just answer. I'll, I'm going to answer real quick, but okay. Um, I don't believe it. Uh, I believe when you heard Ben at the end of the, the day talk about that sort of thing in the locker room and his no quit because people before him wearing the black and gold, you don't quit. What I think and what I think is important is that guys understand their body language when things go wrong. And that starts with everybody on the team. You know, you've got to be careful. Like Najee, yeah, I'd see, you know, a little frustration boiling on. I understand. And, it, you know, it's an emotional game, and you're going to be who you are. And a, a number of guys had come up to Najee at the end of the game and, 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 you know, said, hey, you know, we know that you've never, what, lost two games in a row or something, you know, in high school, college, what have you. Um, the point is, look, you always want to carry yourself as a winner. This this organization has done it unbelievably uh, wonderfully throughout its uh, entire history, basically. I mean, even back in the day when they weren't very good before they started with the Super Bowls, people still loved or hated to play them, actually, because they might lose the, 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 the war, but they're going to win the battles. <laughs> you know, and it was always a feisty team. So... I, I, I still believe that uh, this is still the team that's founded upon that. There ain't no quitting any of these guys. You know, I, that's I, what I, need, that's what yeah, I needed to hear. No. And Max, yeah. you got well, something to say? Let, let Max jump yeah, in. Max, yeah. yeah, no, I'm just going to say that no, no guy ever quits uh, during the season. That, that, that's, for, that's for other teams across the, uh, across the PA Ohio border that do that in games, but not, 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 here, in the, not here in Western PA. These guys well, are too I, tough, I, I and, and the Steelers give, put those I, guys. I will give you complete permission, Max. I I I would have told this to uh, to Wolfie, 
and I think he would have done it. You, if you sense that, you you get over there and you uh, give him a nudge. You tell him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will be. I'm, yeah. I'm traveling. I'm traveling from Houston. I am going to Lambeau this weekend. I will be in the stands in full support of our team, and I I'm excited. We're going to turn this thing around, um, and it's it's a long season. We know that we're going to you know just as high as we were week one when no one thought we could beat Buffalo. Well, guess what? You know, we're, the team we were supposed to beat, we didn't beat. You know, it's a long season. Uh, we'll get things back on track. I believe in the system. I believe in the organization. I believe in the players. And uh, I appreciate you guys feeding uh, all this. Uh, I feel uh, I feel the connection way out here in Houston with y'all show. So I appreciate you again. Uh, welcome, welcome to the gang, uh, Max and Wolf. As always, I love you, brother. Love you, brother. Lock and load, baby. We're going Thanks. to Lambo. Okay, we'll be back with more after this in the locker room. Wolf Starks and the Ninjas. In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. That's nice. What what song is that, Jacob? Waiting on a sunny day. Waiting on a sunny day. All right, I like that. That's a yes, good jam. I don't know. For some reason, I don't remember day. that one. Maybe one of the... Oh, the rising. Okay, yeah, I was... I didn't pay much attention to the rising. Okay, I got that. All right, back in the locker room. Final lap here in the locker room. And let's start off with Aaron in Tennessee. Aaron, welcome to the locker room, my friend. Hey, guys, I listen. Uh, enjoy listening to you all while I'm traveling. I, I travel for work, so Monday through Friday I'm away from home. And, and I really do enjoy listening to you guys. And all of your stories uh, about – all the different uh, coaches and everything, Steelers, it makes me feel like I've been a member of the team for so many years. I love listening to them. But, Thank guys, you. real quick, you know, diehard Steelers fan, have been since I was little, since the first time I saw Terry and Cannonball run. And, and you know, I've been through the ups and downs. And I really feel like this year's still salvageable, that this is a great team. If we have all our members back on the defense, I feel like we have the best defense in the NFL. And the offense, I mean, we've got three outstanding wide receivers. We've got a tight end that's uh, showing up to be a great tight end, a running back who is really Bell-esque in the fact that he can run the ball and he can catch the ball he's shown. I feel like if we fix the issues with our offensive line, that Ben's not washed up. Ben just doesn't have confidence in the line right now. And I think if we get that line back, you know, if I, I wish you guys could suit up and go down there, and I think we'd be good to go. But um, <laughs> not a I, chance, I, you know, baby. Not a chance. <laughs> no, but, but honestly, I mean, 
Uh, do, you, do you guys feel the same way I do? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm open to, you know, constructive criticism with this take, but I really feel like if we can put those pieces together, we do have a – I mean, we could get – you know, this could be stairway to seven if the offensive line could step up. Well, I, I think that this is, you know, one of the things that we have to see. You know, we don't know when it's going to click, but we know it's going to click at some point to know what you have with this offensive line. But the problem is it's such a young and new offensive line. And that's one of the things that if they can get on the same page with their athleticism, with their ability sets, yes. You look at them and you say, yes, they have all the makings. But the one thing you can't quantify is time and chemistry. And those are the two things that they need to build to that point. So we don't know when it's going to hit. You know, in my mind, I was like, it's going to take the first six weeks of the season before this line really gets going and gets on the same page. Because Craig's been in it, I've been in it, and when you get inserted into that starting lineup, there's usually a lot of veterans there, you know, that you're that you're following suit to, right? You know, you're doing you're doing quote unquote the elephant walk, right? When they're crossing a river, you know, tail to trunk, right? You're just walking through and get and getting across because you have other people that have crossed that river before. And that's the problem that we run into is that we don't have that yet. And so we're trying to look for it. We're trying to hope for it. But it's something that I don't know if we can get there in the time that we want to see it. We're going to have to be patient with it because this offensive line is a good group of individual players, but not necessarily as a unit yet. And they've got to get on the same pace. So hopefully they do a little bit of things to accelerate that process but it's going to take time. Aaron, we're going to have to let you go. we got another caller, but i got to leave you with a with a, a little story since you like that, okay? Cannonball run. Terry Bradshaw came out with, I think it was my second year in the league. It was happened over the summer. And I remember watching the outtakes as before I went to camp. And it was him and Mel Tillis when they went into the pool after the, the, the car went, went and landed in the pool and they're on the side. And they had like six outtakes where Terry would turn towards Mel Tillis and Mel would start with his stuttering and then Terry would break up laughing. So I, when I saw Terry in camp, I said, I love that at the end. I was, I was laughing with you what was going on. And, I, and he said, every time I looked at Mel, there's hanging by the edge of the pool, they're in the water. And he says, I look at Mel and he had this booger in his nose and it would like puff out. <laughs> When he was about to say something, <laughs> and it was oh so funny gosh. because nobody knew that Mel Tillis had this big old booger in his nose, and and that's why they had to keep reshooting the outtake. But okay, we got to move along because we got Circus George in Sarasota. Circus George, my friend, welcome to the locker room. Wow, hey, welcome, and uh, good to hear from you and listen to you guys. Uh, quick homage to our brother Tunch. Yes, how I miss him. Yes. And uh, we do not grieve as the world grieves. Right. We'll see him again. Amen. And Amen. Max, welcome to the team. I really appreciate your insight. Now we got Fat Man's Friday, which uh, I'm not quite there with you guys, but I'm still fat. Anything over 40 waist is fat, so Fat Man's Friday. Woo-hoo. Let's yeah. go do it. Exactly, Anyways, uh, baby. I'm going to put a little bit of realism and uh, life experience into this, just like you, because I started being a Steeler fan the year before he got drafted, Wolf. Okay. Everybody wants Ben's, Ben's head on a plate. Nah. Does anybody remember what happened to his team after Terry Bradshaw retired? Oh, yeah. All right. Are you, you're going to probably stand up for Cliff Stock and Mark Malone, but I'm not. All right? Those two were not big-game big quarterbacks, and big-game quarterbacks beat us because we were trying to do ball management football against teams that were throwing for four and 500 yards. It wasn't going to work. All it took was two punts, and we're down by a couple scores. So 
We need to hold on to Ben and help him get better by helping, giving him tools, guys that can block, hello, guys that don't hold, guys that hold well and don't let Ben get a hit. There's that, too. Remember the old saying about if you're going to hold, hold well? Yes. And uh, yes. the only thing I can say is, is don't don't give up on Ben because what's behind him is not ready. It just isn't. And, and part B to that, I'm going to shake my head and just, and disgust now because we got beaten by the kittens from Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Fourth and ten, we threw it in the back. <laughs> I mean, come on. Every team that plays against us with our great defense is going to throw it into the end zone. How do we not throw it into the end zone? I mean, even if you take Ebron, who has frying pans for hands, and stick him in there for a pick, or excuse me, a rub, and have somebody run underneath him, you got to have somebody open in the end zone. I don't get it. So help me out with that. But, hey, I'm so glad to get in with you guys and to, and to hear your voice and hear your insight. Appreciate you both. And, Max, again, welcome. I, I hope I get to meet you one of these days when I get back up to Pittsburgh. Take care, gents. Take care. Thank you so much, Circus George. Circus George, and by the way, he really was a member of the circus. He was ah, he, he was married okay. in, as part of the Walenda family, and he toured in the circus as a young man growing up and did a lot wow. of things. So, yeah. But anyhow, um, he's a great guy, too, uh, just by way of – by way. Um, but, you know, the thing about Max is, is like you said, you know, uh, I was there in the and I played in Terry Bradshaw's last game uh, at Chase Stadium. And uh, 21 years later, I believe it was, uh, I was on the sidelines when Ben made his first start, you know, uh, in the hurricane. Uh, you know, it, it is. A, a franchise quarterback is a franchise quarterback. And he's, I, I just believe that he's still got what he needs to get the job done here, no question. And then certainly I think it's about, um, you know, other guys stepping up, coming along. He can't make bad decisions such as he made, but – you know, again, this is a story that's not finished telling yet. No, it's not finished yet, and I think that's what <clears throat> we have to let play out because Ben does still have the tools. I mean, he went 38-58. to 58. Right. Uh, yeah, you could talk about one time falling down on a pass. I mean, but who hasn't gotten ca- captured by the turf monster? Uh, you right. know, I mean, so to sit there and put that squarely on him, or yes, did he make a bad decision on, on throwing back into the field, which is a quarterback no-no, and he threw a pick. But that first pick, he was hit right. by a lot of people, and that ball came out as he was trying to deliver a pass. So everybody that wants to put his head on a spit, you need to calm down because this guy also has given you two Super Bowls, four AFC Championship appearances, and has brought a lot of joy to this city. So we need to just kind of pump the brakes a little bit and go with the flow. And he said it at the beginning, this is going to take time. Take him at his word. It's only three <laughs> games in. Take him at his word. Time is going to take a little bit more for this team to click on the same page. But when it does, we'll see where you're at by then. And I can't wait for that moment. Excellent work, Max. I will see you tomorrow, Thank my you. friend. Great job. Thank you, everybody. Joining us in the locker room. Hope you'll tune in tomorrow. Uh, Stan said, oh, wait a minute. We got the Mike Tomlin press conference coming up. Oh, I almost blew Presser. that. I was ready to go out the door. Okay, we'll be back in just a little bit as we lead you into the Mike Tomlin press conference.